Hey, welcome to Let's Stop There. We have one hour to read Anthropica by David Hollander. And we have help. This week, the author himself, David Hollander, is joining us. So we have to be on our best behavior. Stop there. I'm Austin Hanna. Hi, I'm Ganesh Sarma. Hey, I'm Shane Burklow. And this week we're reading a book called Anthropica by David Hollander. And not only are we reading that book, we are joined by the man himself, the author of Anthropica. Welcome, David. Welcome to the podcast. The purported author. Well, I mean, <laughs> we did just take your word for it. That <laughs> could be could, anyone. There's you that. really could be. This would be a great way to sneak your way onto a mediocre, barely listened to podcast. Just <laughs> pretend to be an author. This is the best path uh, to fame I could come up with. Well, so us too. And it hasn't worked out so far. <laughs> All right. So, hey, uh, if you're not familiar with this podcast, what we do is we have one hour to read a book. Uh, so we're going to jump around. David, I think you're familiar. You've listened before, right? I have listened, yes. To some degree. I mean. And I, I it took me about it took me about an hour to write the book. So it seems only <laughs> Is that right? Here's only fitting. <laughs> it, but really, how long I feel like we've squandered the last time we had the author on by not asking more just bare bones questions. Like, how long <laughs> does it take to write a book? How long did that take you? <laughs> really an hour? No way. Um No, it probably took more like three or four hours. But I, I took, uh, I took a couple breaks. Okay. So I don't know what the the writing. Maybe I don't know, 150 minutes. <laughs> All right. Actual writing time. Is that bad? No, I worked on it for. <laughs> I, I worked on it for like seven years. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. I probably worked on it for seven years. No, I, that it's really crazy. That's more you reasonable know, than an hour. Trying to write a book is just. Uh, what a waste of time. Seven years fly by. It's not a waste. Now look at you. You're on. Let's stop there. <laughs> <laughs> things are really good no i i think that's insanely impressive right i yeah. mean i would yeah, think it's a, sure. uh, i sometimes i think i want to write a book and then i get like a page in and i'm just like there's video games to play i've got a lot of those yeah, yeah. I, have, I have a lot of page in uh projects yeah so once you hit page two it's like smooth sailing i keep thinking if i can get enough sort of you know one page projects together and just sort of there you go stack them up short they, stories they too could be a book well, if there's anything that could dissuade you from writing a book, Austin, how do you feel knowing it takes seven years to write something? Honestly, that gives me hope because I could get something done in seven years, probably, even if it's you certainly think? not as good as this book. I mean, something I could. <laughs> Listen, why don't you <laughs> make a, get well, Why don't you make a promise to yourself and start tomorrow? Just write. I don't know, like write like one sentence a day. 
you're gonna you're gonna look like shit when I'm in Oprah's book club in eight years. I'm encouraging you. These are words of encouragement. I'm telling you. Uh, you should yeah, do you know what? You're right. That says a lot about me. That that's true. How... I don't understand. I don't understand the animosity. He's. Yeah, he's I just have really... such a base gut level distrust of Ganesh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm shielded against anything nice Ganesh has ever said to me. Uh, all right, fair. But don't don't make the mistake. Don't think that just because it took me seven years, it's any good. Um, you know, you can do a lot of really bad things in seven years, too. That's true. And I guess that's what we're here to figure out. Uh, but yes. I, th I think that must be, I would assume, base level, fine. Can't be bad. Seven years for bad. Yeah. All right. But we'll find out. We'll find out. Because the three of you really are just like the arbiters of literary excellence. And so whatever <laughs> yeah, verdict, you're right. That's the... <laughs> I mean... Final word. That's right true. Here. If it's good, we can give you a little badge for the cover, like the those the, those awards programs do. Yeah, and you can tell us to go fuck ourselves. What would the badge say on it? Uh, it's got a gun on it. <laughs> yeah, we've already predetermined this in another episode that we do have a badge we give out. There's a snake wrapped around the gun, and I believe the gun it's it's got like the little flag sticking out and it just says "bang." I don't remember the rest of it. It says "good job." That sounds a little. Uh, I think that was it. I think it just said bang. I, think, I don't think that really honors honors the uh, the seriousness of my work. I don't know. If, I don't think I want that sticker. Yeah, that's true. If I were you, I would uh, I would reject it. <laughs> would it change your mind knowing it's holographic? It could. Yeah, I'd have to see the quality of the hologram. <laughs> we'll get some mockups. <laughs> I appreciate a a polite decline. Of the brand. Yeah, that's fine. Saying no to this is the right answer. Yeah, we're you don't want this on your book. Sales will plummet. All right. Do we have a synopsis we want to read for this book? I would ask David to just tell us what he wrote about, but Well, David, you're near us, right? You're upstate New York. I am around Hudson. I am indeed. I'm uh, yep, I'm in the town of Cold Spring, about an hour north of the city. Ooh. Cool. Hop on the Metro North. I love it up there. Yeah. When you look out the window, what do you see? Um, what, do you want people to find him? He doesn't need to provide all this. No, well, it's funny. My my desk um, looks out upon a flagpole that is flying a big uh, Trump 2020 Make America Great Again wow. flag. I stare at that all day. Never mind. I, no, I forget what I said about loving upstate. Yeah. Uh, well, that's... <laughs> There's is it your flag? <laughs> you probably get that out of the way. <laughs> so you're not trying to tell us something, no, here, right? Uh, it's not my flag. Although I really wish it were. Now that would have been that would have been a really good punchline. But but no, it's not. that would be yeah. That's yes. also bad for the brand. No, we're, we feel like here in the town of Cold Spring, the uh, the American Suffering Project is sort of working at optimal efficiency. So we're really trying to. <laughs> Yeah, you have a front row seat, I suppose. Yeah, well, what are they going to do in like a week? Well, I guess they're going to put up the Biden flag. <laughs> a larger one? I think it's going to stay up at this at this point. If they have not taken it down, I think it's going to stay up there. The thing is, they're really nice neighbors, too. You know, yeah. give you a, a cup of sugar and so on and so Isn't forth. Isn't that always but, the case? Um, but yeah, the, the flag is is bothersome. Yeah, it's always the sweethearts that are fascists in the end. Yeah, it is. Oh, boy. <laughs> they always seem so nice in person. It's, totally it's like, I get true. it. <laughs> uh, what is wrong with everything? Yeah, sad stuff. Well, on that note, you want to read yeah. your book? <laughs> Let's read this book. Do you guys have a synopsis? Do we want to do a synopsis? Ganesh, do you want to tell us? Is there a synopsis? There's a synopsis on the back cover, but I don't think uh, I don't think you guys have like a hard copy. My copy is still in the mail. I have a synopsis from Amazon. I'm assuming it's the same one that you're going to send me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Bezos wrote up his own one. 
I bring a different synopsis to every appearance. I like he, to. He couldn't help himself. I like to keep the synopsis fresh. <laughs> Six of those seven years was on synopsises. <laughs> so we got a whole bunch to go through. The book is really just a collection of synopses of the book. That's a great idea for a book. A book just called Synopses, and it's just nothing but synopses of books that don't exist. Oh, that's my book. I'm starting on that tomorrow. No, no, that's mine. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck. Uh. Hey, it's, it's a new genre. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's the synopsis, Ganesh? Let's hear it. All right, so this is the synopsis of Anthropica by David Hollander. Here we go. A Hungarian fatalist convinced that the human race is a blemish on God's otherwise beautiful universe. The statistician who has determined that we completely exhaust the Earth's resources every 30 days. A failing I just want to interrupt and say, did you imagine it in this voice? Because <laughs> I did Well, after listening to some of, <laughs> some of the other versions, the, the other renditions of this podcast, I, I knew what voice I, I was going to hear coming. Okay. Uh, but when I was listening to the one you guys did with, with Brian Birnbaum, uh, uh -huh. There were also some character voices mm -hmm. being done, mm -hmm. and oh, so yeah. I'm kind of hoping and, and looking forward oh, to, yeah. to that possibility. So, Ganesh has a limitless well of voices, so we'll see which one he pulls out. We'll find out. Today. There's a yeah. lot of characters in this book. There's like oh a, hell yeah, that's what know, I like to hear. 25, 30 characters. That's my only requirement for a book. A lot of characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want something new happening on every page. This is the book for you. A failing novelist <laughs> whose nihilistic fiction has doomed her half-hearted quest for tenure. An ultimate frisbee-playing man-child who has discovered a fractal pattern contained within all matter, but is nevertheless obsessed with the chase for a national championship. A banished race of mole people preparing for a violent uprising. A factory filled with human heads being mined for information. A former philosophy professor with ALS who has discovered, as he becomes locked in, that he can make things happen simply by wanting them badly enough. A trio of vengeful, super-intelligent robots secretly imprisoned in an underground hangar in Iksan, South Korea. Boo! Everyone's... You can't read somebody else's. He's here. You can't say robots instead of robots. Do you want to do this whole thing you over? Can't help All right. Okay. Let me take it from the top. South Korea, patiently waiting. Only if it makes you feel better. I just want you to feel. I just want you to feel good about it. It, it doesn't. You know. You could. I don't feel good about anything I do. <laughs> we got it. South Korea, patiently waiting for gullible humans to release them. This is a partial cast of Anthropica, a novel that puts. Oof. Laszlo Catastrofa's beautiful vision of a universe without us to the test. Because even if Laszlo believes that he is merely an agent of fate, a cog in God's inscrutable machine, he nevertheless, he's nevertheless the one driving this crazy machine. And once he has his team assembled, it turns out that he might, against all odds and his own expectations, actually have the tools to see his apocalyptic plan to fruition. Wow. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. No wonder it took me seven years. That's awesome. I was going to say, all that stuff's in this book? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's definitely there's a lot going on. That's why uh, you don't have it in front of you, but it's a, it's a big, thick... Is it? You know, it's, yeah. How it's many a, pages are we talking about? 14,783. That can't be possibly right. That'd be the longest book ever, I think. That's pretty, yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty good. I get it now. No, I, think, I think it's about, <laughs> five, it's about 500 pages. <laughs> That's cool. a lot of pages to me. A lot of folks in the mix. I, I'm curious how close was Ganesh with Laszlo's last name? Yeah. Uh, Laszlo Catastrofa yeah. is uh, so not, Catastrofa. not too bad. Yeah, handled it pretty well, I thought. Good. Natural for Ganesh. Would you be offended if we didn't read the prologue? 
would I be offended? Yeah. Um, That's what I said. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you ask somebody that, of course, they should say yes. Should they? I, I would not be offended. I would not be offended if we didn't read the prologue. What's your beef with the prologue, Anish? What do you want to read instead? Well, when we come back, let's start at the first page of chapter one. Unless the prologue is required. Unless the prologue is required reading. Did he suggest the prologue? I'll tell you why I would suggest the prologue, because... Um, he wrote it. <laughs> because it's just really, really fucking great. It's the best prologue you're ever going to come across. But also... I mean, I feel like prologues, if you include them, they must be important. Yeah, and chapter one bears something in common with another of the chapters oh, I sent to you, okay. Ganesh. But if you want to read two chapters that are that are similar and just have the experience of repetition and sort of drain all the fun out of this whole endeavor, you could do whatever you want. Read the prologue, Ganesh. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's take a quick break and come back. Not with page one of chapter one against Ganesha's protests. We're jumping into the prologue of Anthropica. Let's hear it. Prologue from the desk of Joyful Noise. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You had to say prologue. I just to announce prologue <laughs> right after. Ganesha reads every word on the page. We have to cut him out reading the page numbers. I was, I was going to ask. It's true. Read the page numbers. He does. We have a whole secret database of page number cuts. <laughs> it adds hours to Ganesha's own editing. In this case, I, I think of the prologue as being sort of a part of the book anyway. I'm trying to see if it has regular page numbers or those little funny prologue page numbers. Here's another just nuts and bolts. I wrote a book question. Do you get to pick the like, font of the page numbers and stuff? <laughs> like, do you get to pick how those display? Oh, <laughs> Well, you usually get like a right of veto, but there's a book I designer who's right. doing that stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Please go on, Ganesh. <clears throat> Do you want my book designer's number? Yeah, I'll tell them I'm about to start writing one tomorrow, and I just want to keep in touch. <laughs> I, I'll tell them about this synopsis project. <laughs> Please, if you can put it in a good word. And... I'll have something ready to go in uh, 2028. Yeah. <laughs> Seven years? <laughs> You know, I think the key for you, Austin, is just to tell as many people as possible that you're writing this book so you feel beholden to it and then you have to write it. I just did. This podcast is clearly the most amount of people that listen to me ever. I'm, gonna, I'm writing a book starting tomorrow, and if I don't, fucking somebody come and beat the shit out of me. I dare you. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. The pressure. Every, everyone knows that most great books are written under, under, threat. under pressure. <laughs> Physical <laughs> Under <threat>. duress. Yeah. <laughs> With a lot of fear. Fear is really motivating for, <laughs> for novelists. That's my only so. motivator, so I'm glad I did this. Yeah, you're on the right track. <laughs> the sheer volume of errata in the text you're about to assimilate is massive enough to overload the processors of all but the most advanced organisms. So let me say here at the outset, wait, is this written in your voice? My voice? Do you mean did I record it first? I mean, I mean, is this like 
written from your perspective, like the author's, the writer's perspective? Why do you ask? You just find that out by reading. No, it is uh, it is written from the perspective of one of the characters in the book. That That's why it's not really a, a prologue in the way you feared it was going to be when you didn't want to read it and you were about to make that really bad decision about not reading it. Thank God we set him straight. This is like Ganesh pausing a movie in the first five minutes yeah. and saying, who's that? What are they yeah. doing? Yeah, who starts reading a book and is like, who's saying this? What's this about? You got to read the book. That's what that's what it's for. No, I think I understand. I, I think I think he saw the word prologue and assumed it was some sort of like authorial no, introduction. That's not, but that's, that, not, that's, that's not, not okay, what it is. To be clear, I was just wondering how meta this was. All right, don't get defensive, Ganesh. Okay, you read prologue and you okay. got scared. What I'll say is the person the person who is speaking the prologue is um one of the characters in the book that wants to claim credit for the book uh, that is that is claiming like that. to be its author. That's intriguing to me. Ganesh, would you read more so I can enjoy I'm the trying. book? I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying. Let me say here at the outset that Anthropica, the theory that gives its name to this tome, is true, even if its applications are less dynamic than represented herein by the good-intentioned pseudoscientist Stuart Dregs. The Anthropica theory, that is, is accurate in its suggestion that the entire universe is merely the product of human desire and that everything including all of the vast temporal acreage of so-called pre-human history, is only here because we want it to be. But what this book's cast of halfwits, mad women, losers, and men-children haven't worked out to anyone's satisfaction... That's us. Is that... Which one? The men-children? <laughs> last two. And losers. All of it. <laughs> and mad women. Sometimes. I really love the way Ganesh said the word losers. That was that was great. I feel like he really liked that saying that word. Do you like that word? Yeah, he relates yeah, to I it. Do. I relate. He uses it on us all the time. Yeah, that's a common refrain. When we mess up a recording. Yeah. Losers, losers. <laughs> yeah, Ganesh is an asshole. <laughs> He's always calling us names. What the fuck? He really dresses us down. He does. He yeah. can really put us runs a tight shit. <laughs> I'm already having so much more fun than I thought I would oh, have. Oh, really? Good. Also, I'm just kidding. Ganesh is a sweet, a sweet guy. Let's give him a round of applause. Round of applause for Ganesh, everybody. He's, yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Haven't worked out to anyone's satisfaction is that the Anthropica signal, the waveform of energy that dictates the texture of space-time, could not endure without a booster, an amplifier, a conduit capable of taking those crab-shaped bursts of energy and directing them into the constant regeneration of all this stuff. The oil in the coal, the water in the trees, the corn and the coffee. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. I like that turn of phrase. Good work, David. When I like something, I can just be like, hey, I like that. To you, you wrote it. Corn and the coffee, you like that? I did like that. <laughs> Losers. <Yeah. laughs> Losers. Can you try to refrain from saying it like Ace Ventura? <laughs> The plate glass and the pornography. Oh, what do you think about that? I like, I like all of it. Keep going. I want to hear more. The whole gigantic everlasting shit show of human desire and consumption and that conduit reader. Oh, this is French. I don't, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> you can just wing best it. Shot. Come on. Give it to you. Give me your best shot. Sam boy. Oh, <laughs> that's not what I was expecting to hear. No, no, it's not. What is it? C'est moi. C'est moi. C'est moi. It is me. Ganesh. <laughs> Ganesh, you rude. C'est moi? 
<laughs> what planet are you from? Jeez. Oh, it's moi. That's like common French, dude. You ever heard Lady Marmalade? You freaking dip. <laughs> All right. Well, we got it. <laughs> Listen, I will say, to Ganesha's credit, uh-huh. you're throwing way better words at him than he's usually gets on this. I'm trip. usually reading at a fifth grade reading level on here. <laughs> And you do a great job. I thought he nailed. I thought he. <laughs> I thought he nailed a lot of that actually, and uh, I felt pretty good about it until I got to the French. You did good. French tripped yeah. you. We know. Listen, we never asked you to speak French on here before. We're usually reading books that are like English for as a second language. <laughs> the rest of the book is in French, so <laughs> good luck. I don't know how you go. All right. Oui, oui, monsieur. Uh, all right. Well, that's. Is there more to the prologue? There's a lot more to the prologue, but that. But that's the end of the first page, I think. Man, you know your book. He wrote the book, dude. Seven years. You hear him talk about it? Seven years. When you write a book, do you write the prologue first or you come back and write it later? I wrote a prologue first, but it was not this Uh one. The one I wrote, you know, didn't make a lot of sense by the time I was finished with the book. So I ended up writing the prologue last, but I sort of did that kicking and screaming. I initially wanted to keep the prologue I had written, but, uh, but my editor eventually being wiser than i am uh they talked were, me into were you rewriting down? it yeah well are you happy with the new one so now i like the prologue but it, it had not occurred to me that when people got to the last line of the first page they were saying <laughs> sest moi yeah well most people if are, i had realized that most people are smarter I, than us for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah not to cause you um a lot of worrying just on our account yeah people are your readers are in general smarter than we are for sure I don't know. And even if in my if I was reading that and I didn't know what it was in French, I would just be like French word. I wouldn't try to say it out loud. It's rare that people are reading like this. No, I'm just I'm just thinking about how you guys keep keep saying that you know your readers. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just I'm not sure I have readers, but I've got one Ganesh Sarma, and he's reading it out. <laughs> but if I have them, I'd I'd like to think that they're <laughs> they're a little bit smarter than the four of us. That they're <laughs> they're able to read a French word successfully. I agree. I've been trying to explain it for centuries. Desire is a signal. Brains emit electricity. You can look that up if you'd like. And that electricity fuels the world's construction. The signal goes out, is converted into matter. The matter is consumed, permitting the continuing flow of electricity. Any elementary school student studying nature cycles could explain the basic principle. But everyone assumes there must be magic involved, as if the organizing scheme of reality were a cheap dime store trick, a shell game, a smoke and mirrors routine. I'm sorry, but you're responsible for it. You and all the rest of you. Well, as for the robots, it turns out they're sending a different signal. I felt it, even tried to eradicate it. Thank you for not saying robot this time, by the way. That was rude before. <laughs> That's not the author's wish. That is when I haven't been too busy fulfilling my duties as a member of the faculty of a prestigious liberal arts college under whose auspices I penned my critically acclaimed novel, Neck Deep in Wonder, a pay-in to human resilience, if ever there was one, which you can purchase anytime before the apocalypse at any of your preferred online or material book vendors. And when I haven't been wasting energy trying to prevent nihilists like Grace Kitchen from achieving any sort of power, literary or otherwise. But the thing is, I'm exhausted. Like, really exhausted. Used up. 
worn out, ready to soar into some next milieu on the backs of vultures. The big thumbs up, milieu. You nailed it. Nice. That was that was yeah, yeah, impressive. You proved yourself on that one. I, you, you came back and rebounded on that paragraph for sure. And I believe in you now. I, I just want you to know that as we go forward. <laughs> See, that's good. Much appreciated. Thank you. You try keeping the universe from collapsing in on itself for thousands of years. See how fresh you feel. You see, reader, you know who I am. I'm that truth teller who roamed the ostensibly ancient city of Athens before being put to death, according to the histories, for corrupting the youth, which, come on, I love kids. They want everything. I'm the kahuna you may have heard about, the one who raised the dead on an island in the South Pacific. Where I would have succeeded in passing on my gifts and retiring a lot earlier than this had it not been for that Englishman beckoning his sovereignty's warships to destroy our utopian dream. I kind of get a lot of similarities between this author, like from this prologue's point of view, um, their vibe compared to like Ganesha's personal vibe, just kind of filled with grievances <laughs> and just really trying to... <laughs> I'm taking a lot of heat well, today. It's funny. I had yeah, Ganesh. I, I had Ganesh in mind when I when I was writing the character. So I thought I had hidden it a little bit better. I see. It's very transparent. I'll say it this way: It's less offensive to Ganesh. Ganesh is reading this in a believable way. He's you're selling it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's really like. I feel like he's found his groove. Yeah, he reads it much better than I do. So I'd, I'd be happy to to take him along to, to readings if, you know, he's willing. Yeah, there you, yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Can you get a gig, gig, dude? Where do you, uh, where are you, where are you, they still got Barnes and Nobles? They, they have them, but they, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they've still got them. Yes. Maybe rethink that offer. <laughs> <laughs> you want this guy coming around with you. I'll put on some decent clothes, you know? <laughs> I'll put on my collared Taco Bell blazer. Well, in the same way that I am pretending to be David Hollander right now uh, and pretending to have written this book, uh, Ganesh, you're, you're welcome yeah. to, you know, sort of like the Dread Pirate Roberts or something. You're, you could be the next David Hollander. <laughs> there you go. Take the mantle. I'm moving on up in this world. It's like the Santa Claus. If you kill him, you become the new David Hollander. Yes. <laughs> Except metaphorically, no. <laughs> Everything's like the Santa Claus. No killing is required. Yeah, ego death. <laughs> All right, what's is there more? Well, let's stop there. There is more, but we're going to stop there just in the interest of time here. I love, I, I like what I hear so far. Yeah, me too. It's really setting up the world. Yeah. Well, it is the, the greatest novel of the 21st century, so. That's what I've heard. Yep. That's why we got you on here. Yes. <laughs> We Googled greatest novel of the 21st century, and there you were. I know, and you're paying, you're paying my <laughs> exorbitant uh, appearance fee. I was shocked that you guys were yeah. willing to, to pony up that kind of cash. That's where all the Patreon money goes. Yeah, we've been saving up. It's a new year. It's, it's a first quarter of the new year. We're just blowing it all right now. Yeah, we got some angel investors. <laughs> Worth every penny, though. This is the, this is the best investment you guys are ever going to make. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Ganesh, you want to jump ahead now to the, uh, the next selection that David's chosen for us here? Yes, sir.
here we go. Uh, the next page of Anthropica. How far did we jump? Yeah. This is chapter six. Oh, cool. Page right. 41. How many chapters in this book? Not to be rude, but I don't know, David, if you've listened to any episodes here. Austin, you never ask that question. I have a running beef with the number of chapters in books. Austin has some strange obsession with chapters. I don't understand it. I do. There are 73 chapters in this book. But it's like a 500-page book. Yeah. Some, some of them are longer. Some are shorter. Yeah. That's fine. I'm okay with that. In a long book like that, that makes sense. I don't think any of the chapters are longer than like uh, 13 or 14 pages because... Uh, That's actually perfect for me. I know how short <laughs> everyone's attention span uh, is. And yeah, trying to... I agree. Nothing works than a book with really long chapters. It's like, why even have chapters at all? Just make it one long book. Austin's common complaint is that too many chapters. So like you, you don't so you don't like your chapters too long, but you don't like them too short either, huh? Yeah, I like them just right. And I like a book that's the perfect length. Goldilocks for sure. Yes. Well, this is the book for you then. We've read some books on here that are like these kind of trash ebooks that are like 80 pages and they'll have like 60 chapters. It's like, what are you doing? Why so many chapters? I hate to break it to you, Austin, but when you do your synopsis book, you're going to have a lot of. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of chapters. I'm going to break my cardinal rule. <sighs> well. Suffer for art. I do get a sinking feeling sometimes if I'm reading a novel and I'm entering a chapter and then I go and I look like how many pages am I going to have to read before I get to the end of this chapter? And, you know, if it's like a 30 page chapter, I just can't. I can't do it. I do that, too. I always need to know how long a chapter is when I'm jumping into it. Yeah. I, if I, yeah. Get, I think everyone does that. I don't want to start a chapter and then find myself like 45 minutes later still in there. I'm a slow reader. Can you usually jump in to this page? Jumping in to chapter six. Hell yeah. Here we go. Look, Grace, Dakota was saying, publishing your work is no way to get your work published. Grace was on her fourth glass of wine and had entered fully into the sinister objects phase of her nightly inebriation project. The phone receiver, an old style landline that her father refused to part with, felt slippery in her small hand and its curly black cord seemed determined to either throttle her or wedge itself permanently into her nether regions. Ooh. Nether regions. <laughs> nice. That's professional author language. I like it. I hope you recognize <laughs> it as such. I feel like if you write a book, you got to get one nether regions in there at least. Yeah, most most people would have said crotch, but uh, but I I went for the <laughs> for the money. Yeah, no, this one's a little bit more. Uh, what's the word? It's like cheeky, right? More fun. Literally, Cheeky, uh, yes. It's that's really funny because I think Ganesh owns the domain netherregions.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know. Now I know why I can't register the domain name. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get in a bidding war with this guy. That's where the Patreon money goes. She stood in the warm yellow glow of her pale yellow kitchen and felt the icy pulse of her black heart. She took another swallow of wine. What exactly do you do all day long? She asked and immediately regretted it. Something important was happening here, she knew. She pulled back the curtain to peer into her tiny backyard, where a hundred million blades of dead grass were dusted in moonlight, though the only visible moon was Grace's own pink and papery face superimposed on the glass. Dakota sighed. Grace, if you want to get some other readers, that's fine. I would totally respect that decision. But I can't help you when you ignore all my help. Holy fucking Jesus, Grace said. Are you breaking up with me? I love you, Grace, but let's look at the facts here. Grace took a moment to scan her kitchen for facts. I love breakup scenes. 
I love, I, we, we need some conflict. I appreciate you choosing this. Are you talking to me? Did yeah. I choose it? No, you, I think you did. I don't know. Ganesh told us you picked these pages. I was in like a weird sort of fever state yesterday when I was sending, I think I just kind of picked pages at random, but I'm glad you guys, I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I am. It was the nether regions, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it got me hook, line, and sinker. You had me in other regions. I've just been in it a days since. I, that was going to be the title of the book. <laughs> nether regions. That would have been good. A novel. Austin can use that for their synopsis book. <laughs> nether regions? Right. I should. I got to work that in there somewhere. I also like holy fucking Jesus. Is that what I heard? That was... <laughs> nice. I would. That's another good name for a book. <laughs> that's already a book, isn't it? Yeah, the good book. It must be. <laughs> we read it, like, but... A couple weeks ago. Yeah, two episodes ago, we were reading the Bible. That's the kind of that's the kind of high quality stuff we do on this podcast. <laughs> I saw that you guys were reading the Bible. Was that a real thing? Did that happen? Yeah. 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 It's a two-parter. We read the Old Testament and the New Testament. Nice. It's a wild book. It's yeah. It's a page turner. What did you prefer? The Old Testament or the New Testament? Well, Old Testament is way more old, badass. Old. I think what our biggest takeaway was that there should be like a cookbook dedicated to the Bible. Yeah, it's a lot of, we hit a lot of food scenes. Because so much food. Yeah. A lot of food sections, yeah. I will say, I don't know if that's coming up here, but another favorite of ours is food. If there's a, if there's a, a chapter about food or describing food. Oh my God, there is. The, oh, one man. of the chapters is about food. Hell yeah, I can't wait. It just occurred to me. That's amazing. Tremendous. Grace took a moment to scan her kitchen for facts, her eyes alighting upon the evil stack of unpaid utility bills, the silver bullet garbage can streaked with ancient grime, the plaster ceiling whose wide fissures emitted a fine breath of toxic gypsum all the live long day, the latest empty wine box squatting defiantly in the porcelain sink. I haven't sold anything for you in almost a decade. You're a hostile to my recommendations. Your work gets stranger and meaner as the industry gets more conservative and genre-driven. I mean, look at the NBA nominees this year. Robots, apocalypse, mind control. And here you are doing campus melodrama and existentialism 101. Not to mention this makes two consecutive projects that rather than shelve and see if maybe the market comes back to you, you go and post online, which that makes you look Desperate. Grace. Is this like an author and her publisher or something? Yes, it's the author and her agent. Are they actually dating or is this a is this a professional breakup? It's a professional breakup, yeah. Okay, I get it. There may be some autobiographical material in this particular I section. I can, yes. All right. Hold it together. We'll get through it. <laughs> Thank you. I, got, have, I, I brought tissues, so... She could hear her father breathing through his oxygen mask in the downstairs bedroom outfitted for his care. Sometimes he beckoned her hoarsely to his room, and she'd find him sitting up in bed doing his best Darth Vader. She absently wound the phone cord around her wrist and imagined her father's charred lungs expanding with pure oxygen. To reveal their candy pink seams, the lungs exhaled and the seams disappeared. In and out, her father's breath, in and out, Grace's humanity. She untangled herself from the cord and sat carefully in a cheap wooden chair held together with duct tape, and she walked her fingers across the lime green tablecloth to the crisp invitation, black print embossed on top quality vellum that had arrived in today's mail. Grace Kitchen, please join us for a celebration of your work. October 30th, 2020, 8 p.m., Exit strategy. Whoa, that was like last week. <laughs> this is current. I like what I'm hearing. Austin with the, I know that. I know that date. I know that date. It just happened. <laughs> well, the dates in the book keep changing. Uh, 
depending oh, on when you oh. read it, those dates are, are different. Wait, for real? No, get out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna fall for that. I don't know. In the ebook, you probably could achieve something like that. That's true. Probably not, actually. That would take a lot of yeah. take a lot of work. <laughs> like updating it every Yeah. Day. That's fine. Steve Jobs will do it. Basement 235 Stanton Street. No RSVP needed. Don't break up with me, Dakota, okay? I can't take it right now. I'm sorry about the PDF. I'm just look. I'm sorry about the PDF is uh, a super relatable line. How to many me. times have we heard that? I'm sorry about the PDF. I've said it a number of times. Yes, I'm <laughs> saying it right now. Look, I'm scared. All right. I'm 44 years old and I have nothing. And my dad, she lowered her voice. My father is fucking dying in the next room. Okay. Oh. Do you have anyone dying in the next room? Wow, you sounded like Batman for a minute. That was cool. <laughs> that was one of Ganesha's many voices. She fingered the raised print, and each time she completed a full digital pass over the lettering, her brain released another perceptible squirt of dopamine, as if the little shapes that spelled out Grace Kitchen in English words were also a more ancient cuneiform with which primitive man denoted the unspeakable name of God. Now, as Bible scholars, I'm sure that you guys can appreciate <laughs> this moment in the text. Yeah, I think we recognize God from the Bible. He's in it. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's one of the main, the main... He was, he was a pretty big character. I don't think yeah. they call him God, though. Nah, they call him the big guy. Yeah. In big our man. version, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have the illustrated version? Yeah. Uh-huh. We had some kind of like helpful guided version, right? Like, <laughs> we had the uh it was yeah, like simple English Bible or something. <laughs> it was simply so like for, the, the like, Bible children. for dummies. Yeah. On you're not gonna believe it, but there is a Bible for dummies and we skipped it. Because mm. it wasn't like a real Bible translation. It was like trying to help you understand the Bible, which it I was the cook it was, was the cookbook. Yeah. It's a spark it was just the food. Yeah. I bet they had some recipes in there, though. Not <laughs> that I'm thinking about it. That's true. There's a whole section. Uh, biblical meals. You might be onto something with this, actually. The food of the Bible. I can imagine somebody buying this from you. For sure. Yeah. I agree. From us like, specifically. I would I if I were you, I would put this put the synopsis project sort of on the back burner <laughs> and right. I'd go with the, the food of the Bible. I appreciate the advice. I'll see what I can cook up here. I am a professional. That's <laughs> true. A lot of sheep dishes, but then, and then like instructions to put the blood over the door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like way, way too many uh, caveats. Yeah, you might have to take some of those details out if you, I mean. That's true. A cookbook wants to be uh, rated PG. That's I true. Think. This you would know. be like the Jefferson Bible of cookbooks. You don't want to get into, <laughs> yeah. The ultra-violent cookbook has yet to make inroads in the American publishing industry. But... That's another thing we could try. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of ideas to throw up against the wall. Are we done with that section, Ganesh? Do you want to keep going? Uh, no, I just started. Sorry, I don't know. I lose track of time when I'm having fun. Dakota side. I'm not breaking up with you, Grace, but you've got to listen to me. I know what I'm doing. Franzen seems to think so. Ugh, that article, he makes me sound like such a shark. Grace could practically hear Dakota twirling a lock of her perennially golden hair. The agent of the hour, no doubt perplexed by her enduring relationship with a writer who had produced precisely nothing marketable in a dozen years or more. Grace liked to use the term marketable when thinking of what her work was not, though the part of herself responsible for doling out displeasure often whispered, as an alternative word, good. <laughs> 
the immediate disaster or imagined disaster of being dropped by her agent averted, Grace felt her bravado drain from her like oil from a main seal. It was like she'd been on a plane expected to crash, cursed out some of the well-quaffed plurocrats in first class, then suffered the misfortune of a heroic pilot's deliverance. All her familiar urges towards servility and psychophantism returned, and all she wanted to do was escape the company of her betters. But she soldiered through ten more excruciating minutes of confab of the so-what-else-have-you-been-up-to variety, having to stomach her own explanation of the tenure opening at the new school for global visions and to fight back any articulation of her odds at seizing this coveted position. I have no chance in hell, because the tiny part of her that had not yet been swallowed up by the misanthropy and despair knew that it would not serve her interests, which, goddammit, she still had those, to continually pitch herself as a despairing misanthrope whose bleak present could only be outbleaked by the bleaker future, which future <laughs> she imagined as an enormous swamp from which a single stiff flagpole jutted at a jaunty angle with a tattered white pennant flying in the breeze sporting the word Bienvenue <laughs> in some sort of elaborate old-timey serif. Putting it to the test today. I love oh, the pause. Running them the through, pause. through the gauntlet. I knew a French word oh. was coming, and I was just so excited to see what was going to happen. Oh, man. Can you just break it a sweat? <laughs> Also, I can feel the passage just sort of wearing Ganesh down. Did, didn't you feel like he was just slowly running out of energy? This is what this is what my book does to people. I feel like he was getting in, <laughs> they, into character. It was. Uh... I don't know. I really thought that I, he he just seemed like he was getting increasingly despondent. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sorry. He either that or he saw the French word coming and was just getting. He's like, tense. oh boy, oh brother. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a car coming at you in the distance. Not going to lie, I didn't even know that word was French. <laughs> it means welcome. Benvenue. Bienvenue. You, you, had it, you said it with a nice flourish, I'll tell you yeah. that. You had oh, it, yeah. The way you said it sounded like you've been saying it for years. In some sort of elaborate old-timey serif. And that Dakota's acquiescence to Grace's pleas for the continuing representation that Grace didn't even deep down want was tenuous at best. And so the conversation was... Like every conversation the contemporary Grace Kitchen endured, nothing short of warfare between her self-annihilating ego and whatever tattered shreds of wisdom still osmosed within her brittle, crackling synapses. Let's stop there. That's some serious language there. Yeah. Osmosed. That's good. good. Lord. Brittle, crackling synapses. Whoever wrote this book was <laughs> uh, clearly uh, a master of yeah. form and language. I was certainly to compared to us. <laughs> We're butchering this thing, but but I, I'm sure that not, nobody has any idea what is going on in this chapter. Is what I'm thinking. Well, the woman and her agent uh, were gonna. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have got myself in this mess trying to describe no, no, the no, book back to this. the author. I barely know what's going on in the books we usually read. He, they were, they were having a professional breakup of some sort. They were gonna, the, the agent wanted to, uh-huh. uh you know, stop having, stop being the agent, and so, but then. And then uh, her... Yeah, keep going. You're doing really well. Her father, Austin? Yeah, the father was dying. Yeah, that's right. And then they kind of came... They, they're not... The, the business relationship is not being severed anymore. You nailed it. 
I really appreciate the all the descriptions of like touching the landline. I feel like that is such a good callback to like a stress relief of like, you know, handling that in your fingers, especially next to her or near her father or thinking of her father. So yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for an old landline finger play. <laughs> finger play. Ugh. No. We we've got one here in here in my house. Uh the, the kids love messing around with it. It's actually um a rotary uh landline. Yeah. Oh my god. So when I was like in seventh grade, I threw up at school. And so they were oh, my dear. teacher was like, go into my office and call your parents and they'll come pick you up. I was like, all right. So I go in and there's a rotary phone. And so I'm sitting there for like 10 minutes trying to use it. And then I realize it's not plugged in and there's a new phone right next to it. And then I come out (laughs) and the teacher was looking at me and I knew that he thought I just like threw up again in his office because it took me so long. (laughs) But wait, did you know how to operate the rotary phone? Had it been plugged in? I kind of did. I knew you had to like start and like crank and I was doing it and like nothing was happening. And I was, there was no dial tone and I was like, what? And then I just realized it was like a prop or like you're like man these rotary phones are really weird yeah. they don't even make any noise or anything they just... this is like 1997 i think well i know how to use rotary phone my grandma has one on her wall and i'm gonna take it when she dies <laughs> uh let's jump ahead now to the next page of anthropica by david hollander <laughs> Do you want to start now? Are you still recording here? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's go. Just read it. Read it. Spit it out. All right. This is chapter 28 of Anthropica. All right. Big jump. I believe this is, it appears to be like a a news article, perhaps. Headline. It is. Do you have a newspaper voice? Oh. Ooh. Does he? I don't know if he does, but I'd love to hear it. No, I. Is it going to be like his like old time reporter? His like 20s newsies kind of transatlantic. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. Come on, Ganesh. Whip it out. I'm not doing that for pages and pages. I mean, we made an official request, but it's been denied. I get it. Because we're losers. Losers. <laughs> the other, other white meat. Sestimony. San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> uh, I didn't say it like that. You did, kind of. But you made up with it. You, you made up for it with... Uh, I said that other one, right? Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> Even if it wasn't right, it was great. Bienvenue. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Bienvenue. You'll always remember that. In a region whose cuisine has been long limited to whatever might be perpetrated against enormous cuts of beef, an <laughs> ecological invasion has spawned an unlikely culinary trend. Chicken fried vulture. Yeah. Ooh. I'd try it. Have you ever had chicken fried chicken? No, that's that's against God. I've seen it on a menu. What does it mean? What does it mean for something to be chicken fried? I I just like breaded and fried like any other thing. I think like chicken fried so steak. Like chicken fried steak. They would take the steak. Uh, yeah, and there's and then, gotta be something else that makes it that, right? I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't. Yeah. What does chicken <laughs> fried mean? 
It's literally just it bread it breaded and fried. Okay. That works then. I guess all fried chicken's chicken fried chicken, huh? Yeah, I I can't see yeah, I can't see why why you couldn't have chicken fried sure. chicken. It's a little redundant, I guess. Maybe it's a joke, like an ironic or like a You're gonna serve that as a joke? Everybody's gonna have no. a good laugh. It's I saw it on a menu, uh, probably like somewhere in like North Carolina. You saw that on a menu? You gotta report them to the Better Business Bureau. I've definitely seen that on a menu at Country Cooking. What's Country Cooking? Yeah, I don't I've never heard of that. Is that a place you just made it's up? It's like a Cracker Barrel, I no, think. No, you never been to a country cooking? Oh, man, Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel's great because they have a built-in gift store. According to Maynard Cox, former Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle and current owner of the Riverwalk's well-known Meat Barn, it's a meat born in necessity and with extreme prejudice. Meat Barn kind of sounds like country cooking, perhaps part of the same parking lot of restaurants could be this is in san antonio texas this chapter uh so uh all right yeah way different sensibilities austin it is you're right i'm an idiot let's keep going <laughs> i was way off i figure you get this many buzzards in one place they got feeding on their minds he says with a haunting laugh once known intimately to opposing quarterbacks but they come to a place where folks know a thing or two about scavenging and can work a fork and knife Cox discovered the potential to turn vultures into vlans no, after no. neighboring not, not, establishment. Not vlans, not vlans. You, you said that word incorrectly. What is it? Oh, Kanisha's looking at it. Vans, V-I-A-N-E-S. Oh, that's, that's an I. Yes, that's an I. The text is small and must green. My mistake. That's what that letter's called. It's all right. Vans. I've seen that letter so often, but I never knew what it was called before. It is. <laughs> I'm, I'm never really using it much. <laughs> me. He just calls himself me. hungry. After a neighboring <laughs> establishment's roof collapsed from the weight of a squadron of several hundred birds, Cox began scattering awful behind the meat barn to attract the invaders down to the ground, where he found they were almost eerily easy to capture and kill. They don't bite or nothing, he says. I just walk on up and wring their necks, just like with any old chicken. I didn't think of putting them on the menu until I had a pile of 50 birds deep and they started looking savory. <laughs> mm, that's honestly reminiscent <laughs> of biblical cooking. Here's a pile of dead animals. Enjoy. Oh, there must be a lot of vultures. Uh, wait. Maybe? Yeah, vultures seem biblical. No, there must be a lot of vultures. They're a really good metaphor, so I feel like they should be in the Bible. Who knows? We didn't read all of it. I don't know. Well, I don't know. No, we made it. We might have skipped the vulture part. Well, my excellent book is a, is aware of the fact that they uh, serve well as a metaphor, sort of like hyper aware. So there are like vultures everywhere. Like everyone's just seeing vultures all the time. So nice. All right. Well, now they're eating them. These days, Cox is established. I need a vulture. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I don't Would care. Would you though? I'd eat most animals. I'm not. I have little. I wouldn't eat like a cat or a dog. What about humans? If I had to, sure. But by choice, no, that's not my style. <laughs> oh, chicken fried human. Well, now we're talking. <laughs> I could get into that. Some mashed potatoes. <laughs> that doesn't sound half bad, actually. These days, Cox's establishment is serving nearly 100 birds a day and twice that many on the weekend. He describes the meat of the vulture as woodsy and says that while the darker parts are a bit too pungent for most Texans taste, the white meat is a lot easier to work with than you might think. 
The Meat Barn's impromptu war against the blackhead vulture had caused a San Antonio stir and inspired other restaurateurs to develop their own vulture-based dishes. A quick perusal of local menus revealed that a visitor to the Riverwalk could sample anything from vulture stew to vulture au gratin to something patty fry. Owner of the cow patty, some calls vulture in a half shell. Ooh, the cow patty is a good name. I gotta say. (laughs) That's the best part of the book. That plus the nether regions thing. Yeah. Those are the things that we've really caught on to here. And all the and all the French. I'm, I'm becoming aware of how much how much French is in, in my book. Yeah, I bet you never thought about it until you had a guy reading it back to you. <laughs> you know, all authors should do this. This should be part of every author's process. To have somebody read it to them out loud like a normal idiot American person would. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like I'm really ruining your podcast. Uh, having a real feeling of shame and, and I don't know. No, are you kidding? This is way better than the schlock we usually read. This oh, yeah. is actually good. This, this beats the Bible by a long shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does, for sure. That's, you're, that thing stinks. You're running laps around the Bible. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I will say, despite the Bible's outsized influence, the character development is not strong. Oh, and it's problematic. A lot of, in, quite yeah, bad. Yeah, for sure. A lot of Bible's people canceled, be- begetting other people. There's a lot yeah, of begetting no, good, in, in the Bible. God's got a weird thing going on. They don't show any of the good stuff either. Now I mean, like what? What do you want to see? Well, you did have the children's version, right? That's true. We didn't have the X-rated Bible, <laughs> the graphic Bible. They cut out right. all the good so stuff. So there us. you go. We got the 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 food Bible, and now we'll have the the you know the porno Bible. That's right. The erotic the erotic Bible is another idea we're kicking around. I don't think Shark Tank's going to take that one, but we'll see. Might be a play for Barbara Corcoran. All right, what do we, what's next? What we do there, says Patty, is we take the meat and we mix it with some top quality ground beef and seasonings. And then we bake the whole mixture inside of these plastic clamshells I found online. Patty goes on to sing the praises of the community's ingenious response to an unwanted species. You could only do this kind of thing in Texas, she says. Anywhere else, you've got all the regulators up in your face wanting to inspect the meat and whatnot. I'm originally from New Jersey. Half my current menu would land me in jail there. <laughs> I love your accent. This that was that was really good. I felt it. I got a little I got a little chill. It really. <laughs> That's pretty close to our real accents. We had to work at getting rid of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, imagine if your restaurant's so. If I hear the podcast from like two or three years ago, you guys are all just Southern yeah. drawl. Oh yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. We're, we're hicks. We do a shocking amount of Southern accents. You've worked hard and it's paid off. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> anyway, yeah, imagine if your restaurant was so bad that you ran afoul of the laws in New Jersey. That's going to be pretty bad. Well, so everybody's just eating vulture in Texas. That's what's that's the that's that's what's going on here. Well, they come nicely presented in a plastic shell. Yeah, the hash shells. So interesting. I mean, like I said, I would try it. I'm not opposed. What's the weirdest animal you've ever eaten? Anybody. Frog. Huh. Frog. Shark. You ate shark? Mm-hmm. Alligator? I've eaten alligator, yeah. That was going to be my oh, yeah, answer, I've too. i alligator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, can you set it even register on your radar? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have alligator, yeah. Turtle is weird. I've eaten that. I haven't eaten meat in, like, 15 years, so I have to... That's good. I have to stretch my memory back. But, yes, I've had rabbit and, and deer. Snake? Mm-hmm. Deer. Yeah. Mm, I've never had no. snake and I don't want that. Eel. Yeah. That's, yeah, I think that's I've like had a eel. snake, snakeish creature. Yeah. 
Anyway, I, I, put Vulture on the list. I'll give it a shot. I'm okay with it. Even as San Antonio consumes several thousand birds of over the course of a typical weekend, the local blackhead population continues to rise. Keeping pace with other population explosions in Virginia, North Carolina, Missouri, and all <laughs> along the entirety of the Mexico-U.S. border. Well, I've got cousins down there at the border, says Cox. You know that fence the Mexicans have been building to keep themselves out of our country? You can't even see that fence. It's just a wall of buzzards as far as you can see timely yeah it is texas governor gred abbott is promoting a state-sanctioned vulture pelt buyback program like and has extended this greg <laughs> you got a problem with greg oh yeah actually he sucks ass but you know that's we'll save that for another podcast <laughs> and has extended the state's open carry policy to children and the and the insane as a means to empowerment against the thus far peaceful infestation. At the time this article went to print, the vulture was delicious. Honestly, seems like a big piece of policy that he could probably push through. I was going to say, we're not, probably not far from open carry for children. I think it's happened. Have at it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll make things better. Anyway, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I have to say that a lot of that. that was... Yeah, that was good. That... Thank you for sharing that with us. Ganesh, that was... <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> it got me oh, right shucks. here. Oh, shucks. Little old me. Oh, me, who, me? There are, there are a bunch of newspaper articles sort of scattered through the book, so, you know... I every, like that. Every 40 or 50 pages, you come across one of these articles that, you know, table well, whatever. I feel like I ought to read this book, <laughs> like, for real. It seems like it's actually good. Unlike the... the well, we've read some good books here, here and there, but... No, not as good as not as good as this one, though. I mean, you're not wrong. I know you're. I know you're (laughs) joking, but you are absolutely correct. This is absolutely one of the best books we've read. No, the thing is, I've set this up now so that you believe I'm joking when I say things like that, but I'm not joking. (laughs) I've been brilliant. (laughs) Bravo! (laughs) Yeah, no, I like it. I've played you fuckers like Uh, a fiddle. That's That's easy to play. Uh, All right, Ganesh, you want to you want to jump ahead? Uh huh. Jumping in, Anthropica, Ganesh, let her rip. This is chapter 67. We're getting close to the end. This appears to be a story, short story within the book. Oh, yeah, I sent that one. Uh, Okay, so there's a robot in the book named Fexo, the great and powerful Fexo. This is a robot who is pretending to be human and who is claiming also to be the author of Anthropica. So he wrote the prologue. So so this is, and, and some of his short stories are scattered throughout this book, and what you're about to read is one of Fexo's stories. I'm down. Oh, I can't wait for this robot voice. I want, really want to hear the robot voice. The robot voice comes in and posts, so actually you will just hear my normal voice, but... You could give it a little, <laughs> like, affectation. Give it a little flair. Well, the whole point of is robots don't have flair, right? Well, I don't know. All right, let's not anger him. All right, just read them. <laughs> and just read, it is, and it just, just um, for the record, it is robot. 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 <laughs> oh, robot. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And he says robot like a character on Lost in Space. And so casually, too. Robot. Yeah. There is a long passage in which the robot speaks French. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you got your work cut out for you, Ganesh. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> this is chapter 67. Human Be Gone, a story featuring black-winged birds intent on delivering the innocent to glory, written by the great and powerful Fexo. All right. Dun, 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 dun. The grown human male and his miniature male offspring sit in wooden chairs that creak loudly with the small adjustments each human makes to its hip chassis. A mechanism that many eons prior to this blustery autumn morning completed a series of ostensible upgrades via the inefficient process we humans refer to as natural selection and formed the ball and socket configuration that not only bestowed bipedalism but also left human hearts and genitals forever exposed to the predation of various hungry beasts in a field and sea and air. For example, the gargoyles carousing joyfully through one of Fexo's earlier tales of human woe and passion lust. Ha 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 ha. Oh. Oh, good laugh. I love it. You are you are a really good Fexo. <laughs> Born to be Fexo. Born to be Fexo. The grown male is concerned with the miniature offspring's seeming distraction from this morning's nourishment event, which featured the pilfered eggs of birds fried in fat extracted from the innards of local ruminants. As a mature human male in the landlocked and geographically unforgiving nation-state of Hungary, he has developed the stoicism consistent with his tribe, and so is unable to ask the simple words, What is wrong, my miniature male offspring and cohabitant in the life project? Is the fact that you grew from my lactic emissions into a creature that will one day itself enjoy the passionless experience? Not enough to satisfy your qualia centers? Instead, the grown male merely grunts and pours additional stimulant-laced liquid into an oral delivery vessel and then delivers it into the pink nipple of its mouthful so as to properly lubricate. <laughs> all of the, his hidden tubes and pistons. Ha ha! <laughs> I guess this is this is the role Ganesh was born to it's play. It's great. This really is great, especially the the laughs. Yeah. The uh, because uh, Fexo has a tendency to to laugh in in twos and fours, and it's hard it's hard to know how to how to sort of hit those ha's. But you're you're nailing it. I think it just goes to show you nailed it when you wrote it, because how right else on. would he know what to read? Yeah. You nailed the ha-ha. Good point. Yeah. Thank you, Austin. It's true. I'm great. The miniature male prods its morning nourishment event with the four-pronged metallic object known to so many of us as a fork. <laughs> but it does not deliver any of these rather strange protein bundles into its own mouth hole. Rather, it only pushes shit around on the nourishment platter. <laughs> the grown male watches on and considers the practical problem of the offspring's energy reserves for today and must travel over a bridge and through creature-filled woods so as to exchange bits of paper and metal for edibles necessary to the continuation of the life project. This weekly trip into the town represents the miniature offspring's contribution to the family farm's basic operation and maintenance, and it spares the grown male and his grown female co-chair in the life project the petty work of retrieving consumables, a task so simple that even a robot could perform it with, it might be added, far greater efficiency. 
Fexo, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, this really makes me feel bad to be a human being. Hey, you're doing okay. Which, hey, I'm not. I'm like doing worse than most. <laughs> you guys are you guys are great humans. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, no. Fexo. <laughs> I aspire to your level oh, of boy. humanity. You all you gotta do is just uh buy a jewel and don't stop hitting it. That's the secret to success. That's how you turn into a robot, yeah. man. Fexo would be very curious about the about the jewel. Hey, I don't blame him. He would not understand its its function, but it's kind of perverse. I don't think I really understand its function. Yeah. <laughs> is that is there more Ganesh? Ingest your breakfast immediately, human child, the grown male says. But when he attempts to employ the technique of eye contact by which he customarily indicates enhanced seriousness and implies deeply negative consequences for a failure to comply. He notices that his offspring's own eyes are strained by weakness fluid that, even now, runs like transmission lubricant down a face pitted by a dangerously high sadness quotient such that the miniature human male suddenly appears to harbor a percentage of life damage more commonly associated with fully grown members of the species. Oh my god. Oh, my god. oh man, that's great. Uh, yeah, Fexo really needs like a spin-off, maybe a, a sitcom or something. I agree. I could see Fexo in like an ALF situation. Oh, yes. Living with a hapless 80s family. You guys have made a number of, uh, you know, sort of 80s references that I think you're, you're all a little too young for. A little so, bit. I don't know if you're doing that for my sake, make me feel a little bit younger. <laughs> but how old? I mean, how young? We're not that young. I guess we're, I mean. You guys are younger than me by, by, by a ways, I would think. How, how old are you? We don't have to put it in the show if you're I'm, uh, I'm 50 years old. You're 50 wow. years old? Congrats. You the glow of somebody 20 years younger. Thank you very much. I'm really immature. <laughs> and uh, as you can see, I have a very childish sense of humor. I am too young for Alf. Not reruns, though. You are. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Let's stop there. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that was good. I like Fexo a lot. I think he's my favorite part of the book so far. Shane, I can tell you are Fuck in love you. with Fexo. <laughs> I, well, <I> have... <laughs> well, see, in retrospect, I can see how that could be interpreted as an insult. But it, I, no, like no, the, I like the laugh. I would support having that laugh on the show more often. Ganesh, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I really enjoyed your your rendition of Fexo. I also just to to back up, I thought you did that uh, that Texas drawl really well too. So yeah, I, I'd say I'd say you've made up for the. Uh, for the errors of, of the obsessed you, moi. And... <laughs> you redeemed yourself. Me not knowing French isn't a mistake. That was that's very intentional. That's oh you've made yeah. an effort to not you've gone learn. out of your you've gone out of your way to not know French. Is yes. that what you mean? He's a freedom fries guy. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reference right in our real house. Uh, yeah, no, Ganesh is actively hateful towards the French. Uh, been trying to talk him out of it because honestly, it's kind of offensive, but here we are. Well, I'm French, so wow, Ganesh, what have you done? <laughs> wow, caught dead in his tracks. All right, let's jump to the last, let's jump to the last page of uh, Anthropica. The last page is going to be kind of weird to read because the, the last chapter is kind of like, has no punctuation. Oh, perfect. That's great. <laughs> 
more things for Ganesh to try to wrap his head around is better. So it all kind of bleeds it into, I mean, uh, yeah. I can't read all of this. It's very long. I will start somewhere in it. What's the Faulkner book that does that? Um, Harry and the Hendersons? Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're thinking probably of Absalom, Absalom? Or, or the Sound and the Fury, maybe? The Sound and the Fury. That's it, yeah. But it is actually riffing on another sort of uh, classical work of modern literature, but not not that one. Maybe I well is it, uh, Ulysses. I, I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want to say say again. Ulysses, is that it? Yes, bingo. All right. It's sort of riffing on the on the last chapter of Ulysses. I hope Austin and Ganesh are taking notes for the uh, one of us standing up and showing a little bit of knowledge. I didn't really want to say anything earlier, but Shane is a lot smarter than, than he oh, guys. is. We know that. I'll admit it. We know that. <laughs> That's why he dresses like that. My hat. My hat is a, He's got... it's a basketball hat from McDonald's that says nothing but net on it. That's... Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Shane, you, Shane, Shane reminds me a little bit of, um, well, do you guys know the band The Milk Carton Kids? This little two-piece no. acoustic mm-hmm. act? No? Anyway, Shane reminds me of one of those guys. I'm flattered. Joey. I'll look it is up. his name. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, Google Joey from the Milk Carton Kids. I'll send, I'll send you a link. If you just said Milk Carton Kid for me, these two dudes would just go along with it, even if it wasn't a band. Yeah. That's how they see me. Just a little Milk Carton Kid. Shane looks like the kind of guy who would be <laughs> lost and on the side of a milk carton, for sure. It's really sad. I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry yeah. they see you that way. No. I see you as so much more than that. What? I can use it to my advantage, Did actually. You, are you going to run off with David? <laughs> <laughs> He'll treat you better. <laughs> yeah, the animosity here is too much. <laughs> All right, let's hear the last page, Ganesh. But so anyway, I really don't know how Ganesh is going to... It's it's uh, literally a, of consciousness. Uh, like an 11-page sentence. It's like one one sentence yeah, long. Yeah, I believe you can do it. I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing that. You could, you could choose to read the, uh, the, the ending of the chapter before that, which might be, might be a little easier. Uh, Ganesh, what do you think? Do you want a challenge or do you want? But really, Ganesh, you should. I want you to do what what makes you feel good about this. I want you to walk away from this podcast thinking, "I really, I really feel good about that." Me too. Okay, all it's right. up to you, Ganesh. I'm gonna jump into the, to this crazy sentence somewhere. In it. I knew he would do it. He's. What does that mean? This checks the box. It's a, it's a compliment. Now, just so you you picked up you picked up yeah. confidence as as this uh, has has gone on you just you're really feeling it now you're in the zone i'll say this if you nail this it will totally wipe out any ill will towards the french problems earlier i don't have a problem with that by the way this will (laughs) i know you don't but you're gonna you're gonna nail this and we're that'll be in the rear view we're gonna forget all about that i hope you guys don't have a lot of uh you know french fans oh we do that's the the worst part you have lost that constituency tonight (laughs) I took German for like oh, nine boy. years. I took a little bit of Spanish and I took some Hindi, but you know, French in hindsight, but you know, maybe, maybe it would have been useful. Yeah. It's sexy. You'd be so much sexier if you spoke French. It's a lot sexier than German. That's for sure. It's like the least yeah, sexy language. Can you chose a language meant for yelling? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> which I took that too. I was also a German student for some weird reason. I just thought going to Berlin would be fun. That's what I was trying to do. So as like a 14 year old, you didn't even get to do anything cool. Actually, they probably let you drink at that age, right? Were you able to drink when you went? Last time when I went over there, I saw like 12 year old kids 
drinking and smoking just out there on on some ruined ass castle i was like damn <laughs> that's fucking cool that's pretty cool stuff. you don't see an american kids doing that you don't see an american kids some 12 year old getting blackout drunk on top of a ruined castle does sound dude you need to get yeah, out more because that sweet. happens everywhere except white castle instead anyone all right just read them <laughs> all right are you gonna read the sentence get in here <clears throat> i want to hear this i want to hear what your take on this I feel like this is like uh, getting like a running start to jump on a moving train. I feel like I need to give myself a little bit of runway. So I'm just going to read in my head. You want to just like, yeah, speak in tongues for a little bit and then slowly <laughs> transition over to, yeah. to English language. Yeah. Get yourself amped up. Start smacking yourself in the face. That I wanted him to suffer as much as I wanted him to touch me. We were already close to the end, of course. The whole thing is that I was supposed to be his work. That's why I chose him. It was going to be a princess life, just like in the fables. My own twisted tale of the hideous Eugene. My own story of the girl who finds the fucking fairies. I figured there would be money for sure. But the main thing was that I thought he'd worship me always for giving myself to him. Ha, that's the first time more than 20 years ago, like a dream, Professor Dole. How's the low mane up there i had on the dress with the star print i borrowed it from the stella that girl was out of control snort of cocaine then most girls drink diet coke she dropped out of the the next semester then i saw her a few years later on a tv ad for toothpaste that was a shock figured she'd be dead before i graduated and under the dress i had on that lacy black pair told him tonight was the night he'd see all of me ha <laughs> I remember he was in the that insane outfit, like he couldn't decide between delivering groceries or computing sine waves or going to a dance club, those pleated khakis. They must have been squirming inside him when I sat next to him. I just realized that when I'm doing all this, y'all can't say anything, so maybe this isn't the right <laughs> well, I, did, I don't no, know. I, I just liked hearing you go in and out of this weird southern yeah. thing. It's like, it's, yeah. it's coming and going in waves. I was enjoying yeah, it. I don't it think, was... yeah. I don't think you need to stop. Yeah. Do you want to take a breather? Do you need to hit that jewel? Get your energy up? <laughs> There's no punctuation. Even like the contractions have no, you know, little apostrophes. And so I would imagine it's a little bit hard to to do what um, Ganesh is doing. But I think he did a real a gentleman's job there. I think so, too. I like the vibe. That's was, was great. I'm enjoying it. I feel like there should be like a beat behind it. Ooh, yeah. Like yeah. A, like a, he could uh, maybe put a subtle beat in post. He must have been squirming inside him when I sat next to him. Could feel him throbbing his heart. Going like mad, pushed my cleavage against him. Felt my own wetness beneath the lace. It wasn't so much that I wanted him as that I could feel the force of his wanting me. The most powerful feeling on earth for a woman. To be wanted that way, I was never going to be a suburban housewife, a mother, a PTA member. Better to punish him every day. Uh-uh-uh of his life it's funny because when i think of him pulling on it in the bathroom i see those same pleated pants even though he had stopped wearing them years earlier let himself go that was an unforeseen consequence guess he became the hideous eugene of lore in the end oh that black hair by the toilet and later that same week i've met first lucio i was out shopping for shoes he must have been trawling for women though he'd never admit it like would you guys like some background on this passage would that be of use to you yeah Okay. I'm enwrapped by this, but I would like to know more. <laughs> so uh, the narrator of this section has, um, she's sort of been in the background of the book. So this is the only section that she sort of owns in this way. Oh. But the, uh, um, one of uh, the primary characters, this guy, Stuart Dregs, that's, uh, that's who she's married to. And that's who she's sort of talking about here is, is meeting him in college. I see. And she um, is so 
enraged about the life she ended up having with him, that what she's been doing is having uh, these affairs with men who she all names Lucio. You know, they have names, but she calls them Lucio 1, Lucio 2, Lucio 3. Sure. And what she does is she likes to have sex with them while her husband is in the house so he can hear. My God. Uh, and um, and so that's kind of what she's talking about. So so this thing that's been going on to, that you only know through Stuart throughout the book, you know, he'll come home and he'll hear his wife moaning upstairs with one of these Lucios. Right. Here for the uh, first and only time, you're you're understanding that through her perspective, her side of it. Yes. So that probably doesn't help at all. You should cut all of that out. That was really <laughs> no. I think you're underestimating how much I'm enjoying this last page of this book. I've re- I, this is I'm enjoying hearing Ganesh read this. I thought it would be funny to end a book in this really um, irreverent way, sort of riffing on what is thought to be like one of the great masterpieces of the 20th century in this, you know, sort of fucked up way. Uh, no, oh, yeah. With these characters who are who are really broken. And anyway, that was it's my big F you to literature. <laughs> I'm, we're always in support. This whole podcast is our big FU to literature. That's why I knew so I'd I fit think... in. In fact, I was hoping that, you know, maybe we could just all do this together from now on. You guys want a, want a fourth? Yeah, come on. Well, <laughs> sure. we've been we've been taking auditions. You're in. No, yeah. I, I'm Ganesh, please. I want more. And later that same week I met first Lucio. I was out shopping for shoes. He must have been trawling for women, though he'd never admit it, like to pretend. He was overcome by his desire for me. I remember he had two or three buttons open, the gold crucifix resting on his hairless chest, his cologne, basically like an emetic. Those teeth of his, they could blind you if anyone should have been doing toothpaste ads. He made it easy. <laughs> for you to not care about the sex and lord his ridiculous flirtation he actually pretended to work there can i help you find something miss in that oops absurd italian accent (laughs) with all of that with all of his libido shedding from him like animal stink guess that explains the need for all the cologne (laughs) i wonder if that ever worked for him before me the pretend shoe salesman some kind of archetypical fetish but after all i was a special case the poor simpleton he seemed so perplexed but I remember looking at his fingers trying to divine his personality through the fingers and wondering how it would feel to have those fingers on my cheeks and my mouth inside me, the black coffee and the gleaming white cups his teeth, the same bright ceramic he misunderstood at first. So you were saying your husband wants to watch us? And I said, no, I want him to hear us, not see us. And he certainly does not want any of it. And then the wheel started spinning. He was probably wondering what he had gotten himself into. I remember this was down on 8th Street. I would listen to a whole podcast of Ganesh just as an aggrieved Southern woman, just free thought. <laughs> well, what's funny is she is she's a New Englander, but but I like hearing it. I like hearing it in this accent. It's <laughs> yeah, I'm sure in the original accent, it's even harsher. Ganesh, do you think that every character in every book has like a Southern drawl? This is just like the voice that's happening in my head all the time. So it's just the same. <laughs> It's just easier to read in this voice. Now you did you did turn it you turned it off for Fexo though, which was was a good decision. <laughs> Fexo doesn't have a, he's not from the American South. <laughs>
He's not, no. I remember this was down on 8th Street. All those NYU girls clogging the sidewalks with their stupidity, their inane giggling. Remember two of them in short skirts and high heels? Paused outside a lingerie store window and pointing and laughing. The sunlight on their uncreased faces. They clearly wanted to strip each other naked. The whole city feels like that sometimes. A giant carnival of desire. Everyone wanted to screw everyone. And Lucio sipped his coffee. Said, is your husband a large man? Which that <laughs> did make me smile. I could still smile when that then the architect had not yet rusted from disuse. I remember leaning forward, touching my knee to his pressing the big red button I had on the yellow skirt with the lace fringe. You don't need worry, Lucio. There'll be no violence. My husband is incapable of it. He looked so confused. He said, who's Lucio? My name's Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, if you want to fuck me, it's not. <laughs> I could feel that. Get to him. I had him later that same day. Wouldn't let him take the train with me. Just Damn. gave him the address. Told him to be at the house at 530 or forever hold his peace. Lucio, that was a stroke of genius. First thing that popped into my head. The man was prompt too. And that first time, I remember I cried a little. Not that he cared. Hated myself for the crying though. I wonder if he could even tell and even more, I wonder if the other one could tell what was happening in his house. That evening, remember the sun was setting in the bedroom. It was lit, blood, red. Him sitting downstairs listening in horror, frightened and paralyzed and sad. I wonder if he knew that my life as a human woman was ending. I remember when I f finally descended the staircase. He was staring. He'd probably been staring at the base of the stairs the whole time with his mouth agape, leaning forward in his chair. And I just smiled and raised an eyebrow and walked right past him and made sandwiches with big thick salami slices trying not to hell yeah <laughs> my food <laughs> that's what i like to hear if, if i'm that's another must-have in my book big thick salami slices <laughs> they're with nether regions sorry to interrupt no i'm thinking about that I, i'm trying to think which which of your ideas uh from from tonight has, <laughs> which <laughs> really has legs i i'm not i'm not sure about the big thick salami slices i feel like it's maybe been done i've come up with about six or seven get rich quick schemes tonight and i think all together i can get at least 500 dollars out of i just really like. think that the food of the bible is a that's a hit that's a winner that's a hit but it surely must exist right like i don't think so it's a, sometimes it's it, you'd be amazed that's true you just assume that your idea has already been taken but uh that's how that's true i gotta learn more about the bible now but I'll do it. I'll get really into it. I'll convert to Christianity just to get this book out the door. <laughs> Try not to cry again. I thought I might vomit almost three years now. Professor Dolan, did we ever do it again after that? No, we did not. Even though I f remember he came to me too, or was it three nights later? Found me getting ready for bed. His shirt rumpled and untucked his body shaking. You could see it. And he started gibbering, said to me, please, my darling, please be mine again. Please come back to me. My mountain flower, my only love. And I put my arms around him. I felt him tremble. <laughs> I didn't even know what I would do. My whole self was at war. We were together on his side of the bed. I crossed into enemy territory. It was so deeply unexpected. And yet it was exactly what I'd wanted, what I'd hoped for. And I was wearing the lacy undies he loved so much. And yes, I wanted him. I could sense a portal opening up. It led back to the human world. The whole moment seemed to crackle like our electricity was outside our bodies. And I asked him with my eyes to ask again. Please, he said, come back to me. Come back, my love. And I had my arms around him and I drew him toward me just like that first time so he could feel my breasts. And he could hardly breathe and his heart was going like mad and what i did i said no i will not not with you not ever again no is that the end no is the final word yeah wow oh my god that hit me in the stomach Ganesha, you did a great job 
Yeah, I thought so. I'm proud of him. I mean, David, you did a fantastic job. Yeah. <laughs> Forget <laughs> everything we just did. You did. That was wonderful. I, I liked what I heard. Thank you. Thank you. It was, uh, you, you did yeah. do a good job with that, Ganesh. That's, that's really hard to Thank read you. out loud. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was, man, this is great. It's just like jazz on the tongue. Uh-huh. Ganesh needs to take a 10 minute uh-huh. break. <laughs> Look at each catch his breath. Yeah, that that last that whole long last chapter I just wrote in like one you know one sitting. I remember. Nice. Uh, Was it the last thing you wrote? So so it's kind of dear to me that ending. It's really great. Yeah. yeah. No, I I I think this warrants reading the entire book. I'll say it for the first yeah. time in the history of this podcast. <laughs> Except, no, there's been a bunch, including Brian, who we had on. There's a bunch of books that are great. But first time in a while, certainly wouldn't say it about the Bible. So this better than that. Yeah, no, that was great. You guys are much nicer than I thought you'd be. Huh? Yeah, well, like I said, we've mellowed over the years. I think it's just easy. Once I once I, uh, I took part in something called Literary Deathmatch. Oh, my God. Uh, where basically you uh, four different readers show up. And you read in sets of two, so it's like uh, A versus B and C versus D. Mm -hmm. And you read to a panel of judges, but it's like American Idol style. Like you read, and then they sort of rip apart your reading in like a really vicious way. Uh, And I sort of expected this to be more like that, where you guys would just be sort of... No, we don't have the... Roasting. We don't have the gravitas. You wrote a book. We. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed it wasn't like. <laughs> All right, that. write another one and come back, and we'll trash it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your motivation now. Just. <laughs> yes. No, but for real. Uh... So I'll see you in, uh, on January thirteenth, two thousand twenty-eight. Perfect. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, both of our books are going to come out the same day. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be that's gonna, gonna be, be a big day. It's gonna be it's a good gonna, day for literature. We're gonna be right fighting there. back and forth over that number one spot in the New York Times bestsellers list. Uh, I'm looking forward yes. to it. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, yeah, seriously, seriously. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you. Uh, I hope everybody out there grabs this book, Anthropica, uh, by David Hollander. Google it. You can find it where I, I mean is w- w- anywhere that they sell books. Wherever books are set are sold. Damn, I've always I wanted to that. say that, and I can't seven years uh yeah all right hey i tell people to buy it from my local bookstore here in cold spring which is called split rock books only because i'm trying to trying to help out this uh local independent bookstore during these uh difficult times but you could get it uh on amazon barnes and noble wherever yeah hit up that bookstore in cold spring grab that trump flag tear it down and uh get out of town uh (laughs) we can cut that out if you want (laughs) i don't know if your neighbors could be checking this out no no this is yeah, my neighbors will not be listening to this podcast. They didn't seem like they're in the audience for Let's Stop the Who knows what's going on? All right. Thanks, David. That was, that was wonderful. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks to Chris Linkus for our art, Morris Reese for our music. Uh, you can find us at letstopthere.com. Let's Stop There on social media. Uh, can you, we're just going to put the handles in the show notes from now on, right? Mm-hmm. Since we, I, we, the Instagram is now whatever it's a whole it's a whole big thing uh just look in the notes if you want to find us on social media uh you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail if you if you so desire uh Ganesh, what's that phone number 567-309-0357 call in if you've written a book <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> he doesn't usually do that Ganesh <laughs> is confident now he's got he got praise from you now he thinks he could read everybody's book back to them <laughs> No, it's 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 true. I, I may have helped create a monster. Oh, can you just been a monster for years? <laughs> Listen, if you've written a book and you'd like me to read it back to you, see how it sounds. I'll be happy to do it. An average guy who would read. It. <laughs> 
continues selling his own wares out here. All right, that's it. That's the whole podcast. Uh, anything else? Did I miss anything? Is that it? I'll take your silence as a no. All right, bye. <laughs>